Welcome to Going Beyond the Uniform with the LT's Daughter. I'm the LT's Daughter and your host, Catherine Boyle. I am on a mission to reshape how policing impacts families. Having grown up in a law enforcement family, I have seen both the negative and positive effects that the job can have. Now, I am dedicated to ensuring more families get to experience positive, loving, fulfilling homes just like I did. This podcast and my company aim to identify priorities and values beyond the job, changing the future of policing. I believe that by taking care of ourselves and our families first, we can create happier, more effective cops. My company, Beyond the Uniform, does this through storytelling, sharing experiences, and bringing awareness so that more officers of law enforcement can excel in their lives and careers by prioritizing what matters most, themselves and their families. Welcome back. On today's episode, we are talking about five things my parents did that positively impacted the trajectory of my life. Um, During this episode, I want to preface it by saying my dad was the cop of the family, so I will probably be focusing on, you know, the, the things that he did that impacted the trajectory of my life, but I want to start off by saying number one is my parents worked as a unit. My dad would not have been able to do the things that I'm going to get into in this episode without the support of my mom. So they very much worked as a unit uh, to raise us and they made commitments to each other, to us, and also separately. So right off the bat, when my dad became a cop, my mom made the commitment and the decision that she would never tell my dad how to go about his career. It was his career and she wanted to leave that in his hands to decide you know, what he wanted to get out of it, the path that he wanted to take. Um, of course, you know, they would have conversations and, and talk about it and things like that, but she never wanted to tell him that he needed to put her or us or whatever it is, you know, you need to make sure you're home for Christmas. She wanted that to be kind of his call. Um, and so again, she made the decision that it was his career and she wasn't going to tell him how to go about maneuvering through the ranks or what have you. Um, That said, she felt very strongly that she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Originally, before they had kids or anything, my mom wanted to go back to work after she had kids. But once she actually started having kids, and I'm sure if you are a mom, or even maybe if you're a dad, you could probably relate to this. Once she started having kids, she couldn't imagine leaving us. Um, So at that time, once she had my, my older sister, she made the decision, they made the decision that she would be a stay at home mom, at least for the duration of like our young, young lives. So that meant that going into having these kids, they would be a one income household. My dad would be, you know, the only income that they would have for a period of time. And so they kind of had to be aware of that, make that decision and work around that accordingly. Separately, my dad made his own commitment. He made a commitment to himself and to us that his family would always come first. He was very dedicated to us over everything. Yes, he had his career. Yes, he was good at what he did. Yes, he wanted to be 
great, the best at what he did. And he wanted to make an impact as a police officer. And he did that, but he would not compromise our well-being, our safety, you know, our bond even for his job. We came first, period. Um, I think these commitments that they made really made a difference for how they showed up for for each other and also for us as a family and, and for us as their children. And I think an important note here is they both generally agreed on the family first value because they grew up with very strong family roots, very strong family foundations. Uh, they're, they're, um, I don't know if this actually matters, but I, I think it does. They're both baby boomers. So they're of a more old fashioned generation with very old fashioned values. And so I think that just coming up in, in that sort of upbringing. I've, I've said this before in, in interviews and stuff that we were very beaver cleaver and um, we really were. And I think part of it is just because they were raised in that generation and they were raised with very strong family values that that really served them in these decisions that they made when we were being being brought brought into the world. Um, and those family values continue to serve us today and, and they've been carried on to us today. And I'm recording this around the holidays and every holiday I'm really reminded of those family first values and how our family really was built on that, that sort of ideology. And I'm blessed to say that that's true. I remember when I was you know, a kid when I was growing up, when I was in grade school, a lot of the kids in my my world, my immediate circle, their parents were getting divorces. And I would be scared, like almost waiting for when my parents would would separate or divorce because it was it was so common that I almost thought it was an inevitable next step. If that doesn't even like I can't even compute that looking back, but that's really what what was going on in, in around me. And so that's kind of how my young brain was thinking. And now as an adult looking back, I'm like, there was no way. They really put in the work. They really made these decisions with us in mind, prioritized these values, and it served them, it served us, and it continues to serve us today. So number one is family first, family values over everything. Number two, my dad made memories with the family. So again, he prioritized us, but also he made it a point to make memories with us. They weren't flashy memories. They weren't expensive memories. They did not require a lot of work. Uh, they were just sweet childhood memories that let us know that he was there for us and that he loved us. Um, these are some of the simplest memories you could come up with, but they really are my fondest memories. And looking back, just thinking about some of them, they're, uh, you know, he would read us bedtime stories and he would do this depending on, you know, what shift he was on. If he was getting home around our bedtime, he would come up and read us our bedtime story. Sometimes he would still be in his work clothes. On the flip side, if he was coming home, this was actually probably more common, at least from my um, like memory, 
if he was coming home when we were getting up to go to school or when we should be getting up to go to school, he would be the one to come wake us up for work. Or I guess he would be the one to come wake us up for school when he got home from work and then he would go to bed. And that is a memory of mine. Um, Another one is singing and dancing in the kitchen on Sunday mornings. This is another one that I've talked about. It's silly. It's very beaver cleaver. It might even sound cliche, but we every Sunday morning, he would make us breakfast. We would listen to Frank Sinatra. We would dance in the kitchen. We knew Sunday morning. It was like a, a mini Christmas morning almost because we knew Sunday mornings we would wake up and we could expect to smell eggs cooking in butter every single Sunday morning with Frank Sinatra playing in the kitchen and him humming along. Um, that That's one of my favorite memories, I think, of all time. Uh, another one was playtime after work. So when he would get home from work, he would we would actually greet him at the door and he would go upstairs, get dressed into comfortable clothes, and uh, he would come down and, and play with us while my mom cooked dinner. Uh, leading me into the next one, which is family meals. We would play with my dad while my mom cooked dinner, and then we would all sit down at the table and have a family meal, sit down, family dinner as a collective and talk about our days, talk about school, talk about all of the things, um, and just connect. And I think this is a very maybe old-fashioned, um, uh, not memory, it's like an old-fashioned um, routine that we we really stuck with my whole life. And these family meals really stick out to me. And I think that they're very important for families to make a habit of as much as possible, if possible. When I was growing up, dinner time was very important to us. And there was actually a short period of time when my dad was going between promotions and he had to switch his shift in such a way that he was not home for the typical dinner time. And so there was a, a period of time when he missed our family dinners. And not so long ago, I was talking to my mom and I was like, do you remember when we were young, there was a couple years when dad didn't have, you know, family dinner with us. That kind of sucked. And my mom was like, your, your memory must be hazy because I do remember that, but it was only a couple of months. She, she told me about it. She was like, it was a very short period of time. He had to like, you know, serve the certain amount of time so that he could get said promotion and then move on. But it was only a couple of months and my young mind sort of manipulated it in such a way that I thought it was longer than it actually was. And I think that's because that time was so valuable and, and I valued it so much that it really did impact me when he did miss those meals. Um, and then drives to the bus stop. So when we got older and started taking the bus to school, he would drive us to the bus stop. The bus stop was in walking distance, but he took that as an opportunity to spend some time with us. I mean, it was it was actually like a three-minute drive and he would 
we would get in the car, we would take the three minute drive, and then he would sit with us in the car and wait for the bus to come. And this was nice, especially in the winter months. But also, it was a nice time to connect with him before he needed to be at work. We could talk about, you know, what we had going on that day or what happened the day prior. Or, or at this point, we were a little bit older. So we could talk about, you know, the cases that he might have been working on. Um, and it was just a really nice couple of minutes. It was max 10, 15 minutes a day, but it, it made a really big difference. And that that's something that really does stand out to me, even to this day, you know, as an adult. Um, so moral of this story is he made memories with us, but we didn't need a big trip or an extravagant gift or whatever. It was just these small moments with him that still stand out with me to this day as an adult. Number three, both of my parents had a strong identity and sense of self. They had strong personal values. They had strong principles that they followed and that they stuck to and that they passed on to us. Uh, as a cop, my dad was a leader. He led the way and he was never brought into work workplace drama or inappropriate after work behavior. He was very confident in his convictions and no one questioned him or pushed him. And this is something that through the events that I've hosted and the connections that I've made that I've, I've heard that cops have struggled with, you know, the, the going out to work and having drinks after work or, um, you know, going just inappropriate after work behavior. Let's leave it at that for now, um, that they're being pressured into being a part of, but maybe they don't want to be a part of. Maybe they want to go home and spend that time with their family. And knowing that that is a struggle with cops today is is just awful to me because that's not something that my dad ever let infiltrate his mind or his per personal life. Um, he was very strong in his conviction that we were what ma mattered. He didn't need to go for drinks after work. He didn't need to participate in choir practice. He didn't need to blow off steam and complain about the day or decompress over a drink. He wanted to come home. He he wanted to spend that time with us and talk things out with the people who he loved and felt close to, whether that was my mom or his brothers or his close childhood friends. Um, and, and no matter what the buzz around him was or what the other guys and gals were doing, didn't impact him. He, he simply did not care, uh, because it's not what mattered. And, and my mom was similar. You know, my mom didn't drink. She never drank. She still doesn't drink. And she has never felt the need to bend or curve or or break in any sense to appease what other people think is normal or right or expected or any of these things. And so their personal values, their principles that they just stuck with, I think 
was huge, both in how they lived their lives and again, in how they raised us, because these are things that they instilled in us growing up, whether they did it intentionally or it was just kind of fallout effects. But as a result of them standing up for their values, their principles, having their strong sense of self, I personally never fell victim to peer pressure. I always stayed true to what I felt was right for myself and the life that I wanted to lead. And it was never difficult. Sure, it wasn't, you know, the easiest path. But I remember when I was, you know, maybe like eighth grade, seventh grade, when they're bringing in D.A.R.E., into the classes to talk to you about peer pressure and stuff, I never understood, like, why would I drink or do drugs just because the cool kid Bobby Joe thinks that I should or or thinks that it's the cool thing to do or has offered it to me. It just, it never made sense to me in my mind. And growing up, getting older, it never did. And I think that that is truly because we were just raised which, with such strong principles and senses of self. Um, you know, just throughout all of my teen years, um, my childhood, I was I would be bullied. I would, you know, not have all of the most friends or be the most popular. and it never it never mattered to me. I just always wanted to stay true to who I was and the life that I wanted to live. And that's exactly what I did. So number three is both of my parents had a strong sense of self, strong personal values and principles that they followed and passed on to us. Number four, my dad took on minimal overtime. So if he didn't need to work overtime for a case that he was working, he did not take on overtime. Um, My mom also, I mentioned this earlier, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So they had to take that into consideration. When it comes to budgeting, they were a one-income household. Uh, So they made very intentional, educated, conservative decisions with money. These decisions would be ones that would afford them the sort of life that they wanted for themselves and for us. So for example, my mom wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. My dad wanted to be home as and safe as much as possible. We obviously had to have food on the table. We had to have a roof over our head. Uh, We needed cars that drove. Although I will say we almost never had a car payment because that's something that they prioritized was no debt. And then we would go on one family vacation a year. Again, it wasn't especially lavish or outlandish. We loved it. I mean, we loved it all the way up until we were like 18, 20 years old because that's how long we we kept that tradition going. Uh, But every year we would go to the Jersey Shore for at least a couple of days. Um, But these were the priorities, you know, it, it. meant that we didn't always get the coolest gadgets and our cars weren't showy or fancy. And that was, that was honestly all okay with us. Um, I remember getting made fun of for the car that my mom drove. She drove like a a minivan 
but I guess it was like a station wagon. And um, I remember I would get made fun of and people would joke about it. And again, I didn't understand why anyone cared. Uh, but I was, you know, a little wounded as a kid, but ultimately I didn't care because I was like, why do these kids, why are these kids bothering, wasting their time talking about the car that my mom drives? And in retrospect, I really do not care. I could not care less. And I'm so glad that little me was able to, going back to number three, little me was able to not care and not be so impacted by that bullying uh, because, you know, at the time I obviously didn't understand that they were being conservative with their funds to make sure that we had the life that, you know, we, we wanted and we needed, but uh, that was priority. And at the time, obviously I didn't understand that. I don't know. Uh, and now that I do understand and that I know, I'm so glad that they did things the way they did things. Um, so number four, my dad took on minimal extra overtime so that he could be with us as much as possible. And with that came budgeting, conservative decisions, living in such a way that would afford us a certain type of lifestyle, but again, without taking my dad out of the house. And number five, and I talked about this quite a bit in my community episode, but they're friends. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it. I, I could I could honestly do another episode all about this, but they have such a strong group of friends. Each of them have their own strong group of friends. They're not cops. They're not married to cops. They've got their cop circles most of which are our immediate family, my mom's sisters, my dad's brothers. Um, but their close friends that they grew up with as children are their friends to this day. And I think that that is so important because you can't constantly be surrounded by this lifestyle. You need to have an outlet. You need to be reminded of the world that's out there, the normalcy that's out there. Um, I think that having these circles were a bit of an escape from this lifestyle that can be taxing, that can be challenging. And again, that connection to the average, average world, the average lifestyle, I think is very important to just remind us that, you know, there are good people out there. There are people living very normal lives. Not everybody is being exposed to traumas on a regular basis. And you can have conversations about simpler things. You don't constantly have to be discussing the things that you see at work, the things that disturb you about your job, et cetera, et cetera. So again, I'm not going to get too into the weeds in this one. Although if this is something that you guys are interested in, I am happy to make another episode diving deeper into sort of how they maintained these friendships a little bit more specifically about how these friendships impacted them. Um, maybe if, again, if you're, if you guys are interested, I can bring my dad on to talk about this because I know that this is something he felt, he felt very strongly about and feels very strongly about. I think this one kind of reflects back to the concept that he was raised with those strong 
1950s, 1960s values. He he knows these kids from the 50s and the 60s, and they grew up with the same values. So they were all just very tight-knit and just served one another throughout all of the different phases of each other's lives. And and again, just giving my dad that that outlet, that reminder of what else is out there in the world, that reminder of who he was before he became a cop, to stay connected to that person. Um, so again, number five is friends. And um, that's it. So one more time, number one, I'm going to not say these exactly the same as I've been saying them, but number one is just my parents worked as a unit. Um, they, you know, communicated, they had strong family values, they passed those values on to us. Number two, my dad made memories with the family. Any chance that he could, he made things into memories. Even if they don't seem like memories at face value, he took small moments and turned them into memories for us. Number three, both my parents had an identity and a strong sense of self. They also had principles that they followed and sticked to that evidently they passed on to us. Number four, my dad took on minimal extra overtime so that he could be home with us as much as possible. And number five, they both have friends outside of the law enforcement community. And that's it, guys. Those are five things that my parents did that positively impacted the trajectory of my life and the lives of my siblings. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like me to maybe dig deeper on any of these five or all of these five, I am happy to do additional episodes to break them down even further. Just let me know. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram, the LT's daughter, and shoot me a DM what you thought of the episode, and I will see you guys next time. Thanks again for tuning in to Going Beyond the Uniform with the LT's Daughter. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and share the show with another law enforcement family so that we can positively change the lives of police officers and their families across the country. Thanks again for listening. Be careful.